Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. I uh, just want to bring you some encouragement and then some excitement. Early December already. And I know this is a dark time of year. We have more evening hours, more night hours than we do daylight. And that gets to me sometimes, right? Are you with me? It's like, wow, there's more night than day. And sometimes it can be really dreary. That's why I love Christmas lights. I'm kind of a nerd about it. Um, I, since I was a kid, I have loved to just sit in the living room and stare at my Christmas tree. Does anybody else do that? I did it this morning. I, I made a cup of coffee and I just sat there and I just love the twinkling lights and I love it that during such a dark time of year, we get to celebrate by decorating our houses and the trees and all of that. But I also understand that this can be a dark time of year for our souls and for our hearts. And some of you, as you get ready for this Christmas season, maybe you're facing it for the first time without somebody that you've lost in the past year. Or maybe spending a lot of time with your family reveals the darkness in your world. Maybe the expenses of Christmas, they cast a shadow on your hope for the future or your hope to buy the perfect gift for those that you love. Maybe all the social gatherings reveal the darkness in your heart because you're just so lonely. I want to encourage us together this morning as a church to celebrate how Jesus is the light. The light to those shadows, the light to the darkness in and around us this season. At Christmas, we celebrate how he steps on the scene in all his glory and all his brightness, but also how he's so gentle and kind with a soft flickering, like a soft flickering flame, or how he's the spark of light that can interrupt any darkness with gentle, warm hope. It lights up the inky blackness that might be consuming us. John's gospel is filled with good news. And I want to highlight the first five verses of John as we go into this series about Jesus lighting up our world. You can go there with me, John chapter 1. He gives us a beautiful prologue for the Christmas season. We're going to start John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the word... And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. It seems a little redundant, him repeating himself here, but John is making a very clear point. And this is a unique way for him to introduce Jesus. The Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, they both start with Jesus as a baby, as a young infant. The Gospel of Mark starts jumping right into Jesus' ministry, but John is unique in that he starts us off with this poem, this prologue about who Jesus is. He wants us to respond to Jesus' supreme majesty. 
Did you know that this first verse in the Gospel of John actually mirrors the very first verse in your Bible in Genesis? It says, in the beginning, God created. And then John here in chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. He wants that similarity to be noticed. He wants us to know who Jesus is, supreme in all his glory, all his majesty, and our creator. He's meant to be revered. If we read on, verse 3 goes right into it as well. Verse 3, John chapter 1, Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. Nothing exists without Jesus. I want to challenge you to take time this Christmas season to appreciate creation's wonder. It will help you light up this dark season. It will help you appreciate what Christmas is all for. I challenge you, as you're driving south on Townsend and you see those glorious mountains, just sit in awe of him. He is an incredible creator. Jesus was there at the beginning creating that. Or maybe when it snows, take a second not to grumble about how you have to shovel or scrape your car windshield, but take a second to appreciate the tiny detail of a snowflake. Maybe when you're putting your baby to sleep in your arms, and it's been a long day, maybe you can take a second to appreciate their eyelashes rested against their chubby cheek. My son Micah has the best eyelashes. He's 17 now. I don't get to rock him to sleep anymore. But when he was a baby, and I'm still jealous of his eyelashes, just that, the look of them nestled against his dewy cheek. Take that in, in awe and wonder at your baby's creator. Nothing was made without him. Nothing was made without Jesus. And maybe it's hard to comprehend God and Jesus consulting together. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all together at the beginning, creating together can be mind-boggling. Our human minds can't comprehend it, really. But I like to imagine them in all of their splendor, using all of their creativity there at the beginning, and as they consulted, they cast all these stars into thousands of galaxies, the light dusting the skies. Or when they thought of the deep ocean and all of the creativity in it, I think they were having fun together when they thought of things like the mantis shrimp. It's so bright and colorful, but also so fierce. My favorite is the octopus. How incredible, that camouflage when they talk together about creating that creature, or the curious sea turtle. So, so beautiful to think about all the things that they made together. How about photosynthesis? Wow, what an idea. Or the water cycle, the four seasons, or how they tightly knit DNA down so that it could fit in a single cell. Wow. John wants us to appreciate our Creator when he introduces him in this gospel. And if you flip over to Colossians, Paul also wants us to recognize Jesus as Creator 
stepping onto the scene with all authority. This is Colossians 1, verse 16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus has authority at the beginning and now. I had the privilege just a couple of weeks ago to spend vacation in Hawaii. We've been waiting for it since 2020 when we originally booked this trip. We finally got to take it a couple weeks ago, and it was just so awesome because the ocean, obviously when I speak of creation, I talk a lot about the ocean, it really fills my soul and helps me stand in awe of God. I was actually reading through the book of Job when I was in Hawaii in my morning quiet times, and I was really struck by how Job... God talks to Job. And Job goes through so many hardships and so many struggles, and his friends are trying to minister to him. They're trying to tell him why he's going through all of this. And Job keeps kind of grumbling and complaining and trying to figure it out himself. And this verse stands out to me. If you go to Job chapter 38, it actually kind of makes me chuckle a little bit. Job 38 verse 3, brace yourself like a man. Whoa. I don't know where else in scripture it really says that, but God's like, I'm going to talk now. You better listen up. He says, brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. A little bit of sarcasm there, it sounds like, right? Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set, or who laid its quarterstone? While the, earth, while the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy, who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment, and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it, and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come, and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. And as I read that, and as I looked up at the ocean, I was in awe of our Creator, who says to that sea, this far you can come and no farther. That is Jesus, church. This far you can come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. And we are meant to stand in awe of Jesus and his supreme authority over it, and pray like I did that morning, oh Lord, who am I compared to you? What power do I have? Because if I think about a tsunami, when the ocean's waters rise just a couple of feet and how destructive that can be, but Jesus gets to hold it back and say this far and no farther. It causes me to stand in awe and worship him. And I challenge you to do the same this Christmas. Worship Jesus. So let's dig into this first couple of verses. Why does John call him the Word, capital W? The Word, not the Bible, but Jesus himself. He does this for a couple of reasons. One is because Jesus, like God's Word, when he goes out, he creates, he enlightens, he sheds light and understanding. His word has power. 
Hopefully when he spoke to you this morning during worship and communion, it changed you. And all of that is because of Jesus. And that's why John calls Jesus the word. Jesus makes it possible for God's word to change us. Also, John is relating to the Greek philosophers at that time when he wrote the Gospel of John. They called the word logos, and that's actually the Greek here in the Gospel. Logos means word. And the Greek philosophers at that time, they worshipped the word or the idea of a word spoken and how it moves and changes things. They worshipped that like a force, like think about like Star Wars, the force. And this Greek culture, they worshipped Logos as a force. And John is telling them exactly who that force is. He's telling them the force, Logos, is Jesus. There at the beginning, God himself, eternal and also personal. John is revealing Jesus' big, bright, glorious majesty, but also he's challenging them and us to wrestle with Christ's humility. Because when you read the Gospel of John and you realize how God decided to come and encounter man and be born as a helpless baby, think about dominating Rome, their empire at that time, and how they were just slaughtering people to take over the world, but God himself came down in the form of a baby that could have been conquered by Rome. God himself, in all his glory, stepping down, creator becoming creation. And he wants us to think about that. Right now, there's a TikTok trend, maybe you've heard about it, where women ask their husbands or their boyfriends how often they think about the Roman Empire. And it's really kind of crazy. Apparently, it's more often than us girls realize. <laughs> I don't know why. But it's kind of funny, because they're always astounded, like, well, yeah, I think about it three times a day. It's like, what? Why? I don't know why it's a trend right now. I don't know why we're suddenly reading books written by Marcus Aurelius again. But I think that has something to do with how we appreciate the Romans Empire's discipline, how their men were very masculine. They were dominators of society. They were probably really buff. But I just caution you, young people, be careful. History repeats itself. And when you admire Rome for its conquest, what's it, all for? what's it all for? Are you searching for recognition? Are you searching for purpose? Are you searching to be noticed? And is that the best pursuit? John writes to help the people of Rome recognize the Almighty becoming a baby. But he's also helping us recognize the greatest becoming the least. The God of creation was born in a dim, isolated manger. The great and powerful force, Logos, became least, entirely dependent on his creation. Talk about brace yourself like a man, right? Stand in awe of what he did, because Jesus shows us that the ultimate act of self-control the ultimate act of self-discipline is to deny ourselves, 
to deny our nature and put others before us. True light is the ability to let others shine. So I challenge you, not how often do you think about the Roman Empire, but how often do you think about Jesus? Let's go to verse 4 of John chapter 1. John continues, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus illuminates the purpose for our existence, and he gives us understanding and power to live it out. In him is life. And understanding why we are created, it helps us know our purpose. It's in him why we were born, why we're here at this time. It sheds light on why you're part of that difficult family. It gives you purpose beyond your finances. It can light up your lonely heart. When I was about 10 years old, I went to visit my granny and granddad, and they lived out in the country where there was no street lights. And I guess I fell asleep pretty hard. And do you ever wake up in a room that's not your normal room, your own, your normal bed, and go, where am I? <laughs> I did that when I was 10. Where am I? And I, I laid in bed for a minute, and you, you kind of have to like let your, the fog clear from your brain. Oh, I'm at Granny and Granddad's house. But it was so dark in that room, and I had to go to the bathroom, and I couldn't figure out where the door was. And so I'm stumbling out of bed, and I'm feeling along the walls, for probably five, ten minutes trying to find the door of this room I was in so I could get out and use the bathroom because light gives us understanding of the place that we're in. He created me. He created the space that I'm in, the time that I am in, the space that I occupy, and he helps us understand it, just like light helps us understand the room that we're in. He's helped me understand that I was created to be a youth pastor in this time in this church, and it is such a privilege. He's created you for a purpose, too. I think of Kaylee. I asked her this last fall, Hey, Kaylee, would you think about helping with youth nights on Wednesdays? And instantly I could see the anxiety, like, what? She's a young lady, she's amazing, she's a little timid, but she said yes. And she leads the seventh grade group that God gave her with such purpose, such power. She's one of our strongest leaders. And for the first few weeks when she came, she was so riddled with anxiety. She didn't know, like, am I qualified for this? And that's, by the way, a question I get a lot. Well, I don't know if I'm cut out for that. Do you love Jesus? Do you love kids? That's enough. Let's go. I'm so proud of her because she said yes to Jesus. He puts that love inside of her. He gives her what she needs week in and week out to lead a group of seventh graders to him. I challenge you, where has he put you? Help, let him illuminate the space that you're in. Ask him to be the light that will help you understand why you're in that class, why you're in that friend group, why do you work in that workplace, why were you born in that family? You were given a candle when you came in here today. I want you to take those out. Some of them you have to twist 
the fake flame at the top to get them to light up. Some of them, or there's a switch on the bottom. But just go ahead and light those candles up. And as they bring the house lights down, I want you to look at the faces around you. Do you see what this soft glow does? I love it when we get to use these at Christmas time. Do you see how beautiful God's people are with that soft glow of light? Appreciate how when we see people in Jesus' light, they're so much easier to love. That soft glow. As I age, maybe I should live in candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> it's much easier to love when we know our purpose, when we look around ourselves and we see that beauty. Let him light up the people you're called to love. You can go ahead and turn your candles off. We'll use them again at the end of the service. Let's go to John 1, 5 now. And read on what John is saying to us. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is such good news. This is what light is. No darkness can stand up against it. The darkest dark I've ever experienced was when I was in a cave in the lava tubes in central Oregon. We went as a family just to explore and see what it was like down there. And they go down, down, down under the earth, and they're pretty long. And as you go down farther and farther, it gets colder and colder, even in the middle of the summer. But also it gets darker and darker and darker. And I don't know if you've ever been in a cave, but Mike thought it was funny. He shut off the flashlight or the lantern, whatever we were using. And we're like, freeze. Like, you don't want to move, right? I remember I waved my hand in front of my face. I couldn't tell it was there. It's such a creepy, deep blackness. What does Jesus do? to the darkness. He instantly overcomes it. And so while we were in that cave, I asked, like, I asked Mike, please hurry up, turn the lights back on, because I was so creeped out of the thought of getting turned around, or if the flashlight didn't come back on, how are we ever going to get out of this space? But think about what a spark does. Just a single spark of light. And if I had this flint, and I was in that cave, and I just sparked it like this, I could take a step, and then I spark again, and again, and again, and again. And eventually, it might be slow, but I could find myself out of that cave, out of that darkness, because even just a spark ministers light and understanding of the direction we need to go. And it interrupts the darkness the light can overcome any darkness, no matter how small. You can bring the lights back up. Did you ever do this when you were a kid and you were kind of afraid of the dark and your, your parents put you to bed and you would, I would kick my legs around in the sheets to make them spark? Did you ever do that? You guys are going to be wild after this service when you go, put your wool socks on, it's even better. Or have you ever seen this trick with a lifesaver? Check out this video, it's pretty cool. So we're gonna do an experiment that demonstrates triboluminescence, which is the mechanical creation of light.
usually through rubbing or shearing or you know cleaving off a piece of a crystalline structure but there's several different ways to do it today we're going to demonstrate this with lifesaver candies it's really quite simple you get into the dark you get your eyes adjusted and then you take some kind of large blunt instrument or something like that you know you could even bite it but this is the best way to do it and then you just crush a lifesaver that's really all you do now, you can see a spark with your naked eyes if you do this in the dark, but what we're gonna do today is record that at tens of thousands of frames per second. It's amazing, it's really cool. So, watch what I'm calling Lifesaver Lightning. Check it out. Isn't that cool? And now we do have mint lifesavers in the coffee shop, but we don't have enough for all of you. Make sure you save some for the people with coffee breath. <laughs> it's, it's true, it does work. You can do that with a lifesaver. I don't recommend it because your dentist would kill me, but you can do it in your mouth in a dark room and you can see the sparks that do with a hammer. It's pretty cool. I probably couldn't find my way out of a cave with a lifesaver. But there are so many different ways that God gave us light, and I'm so glad. He gave us Jesus, bright, supreme light, creating light at the beginning of time. But he's also that gentle, steady illumination for this time and space that we occupy. And he interrupts and overcomes darkness like this spark overcomes darkness in an instant. First John Go over to 1 John, same author, chapter 1. Go to verse 4 and 5 of John 1. It says, excuse me, 1 John 1. I'm getting ahead of myself. We are still in the Gospel of John. Sorry about that, guys. 4 and 5. I'm going to read it again. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you ever have trouble with anxiety at night? I do. It's like my mind gets obsessed with things in the darkness. It gets overwhelmed by fears. It gets overwhelmed by lies. I challenge you, I've been doing this in the past few days when I wake up with anxiety. Use this word, these two verses in John 1, to dispel that darkness. Or do you have a kid who's afraid of the dark? Memorize this verse with us and recite it at night. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It never will. We need the light that is Jesus to dispel the darkness in us and around us. Now go over to 1 John and we see what the darkness is. First John 1 verses 5 through 9. 
This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Did you hear that? Walking in the light, having a relationship with Jesus purifies us from all sin. Because sometimes the darkness in my own selfishness starts to overcome me. Maybe Mike irritates me or he does something that makes me feel insecure. What's my selfish response? I want to lash out. I want to be defensive. I want to make him feel bad too. Or maybe my coworkers, they inconvenience me. And so I tally another one up the score I'm keeping in my head of all the ways that they've wronged me, all that does is bring more darkness and more bitterness day after day, more and more. But since I have a relationship with the King of Kings, he overcomes that darkness. I can go to Jesus in the morning, and I'm so glad he does, I do because that's where he meets me with kindness. And he shows me these shadows and these dark places in my heart where I've been blaming and I need to forgive. Or I need to stop believing lies about myself that make me feel insecure and defensive. And just like the light helped me find my way out of that cave, just a spark, just a moment with Jesus. He's so kind. He's so kind to light up those dark places in my heart and give me hope instead. With him and in fellowship, loving God and loving others, we have the light. Because the darkness drives us away from each other. It drives us away from him. I challenge you to let him overcome the darkness in you, the darkness of sin, loneliness, the lies of the enemy. He was there at the beginning saying, let there be light, bright, majestic. He brings beauty and understanding like that soft candle glow on the faces and the spaces around you, helping you understand your life and its circumstances. And he is the spark of light showing you the way when you get overwhelmed by darkness. I challenge you to let Christmas be greater this year when you ask him to overcome the darkness. During this last song, as the worship team comes out to lead us, I want you to get your candles out again. As you're singing, I want you to focus on how that light illustrates the soft kindness of Jesus. He wants to light up the shadows in your world, in your heart, during this last song, he wants you to confess your sin to him. Would you let him illuminate your sin? He's so kind. No condemnation. When we confess our sin, he's faithful, he's just, he'll forgive you. Or think about how you need to let him light up that sadness, that anxiety, that loneliness. As we sing, claim his promise to you today by listening to how he comforts you 
Listen for him. He speaks to us. Confess. He'll forgive you. And praise him as the creator of light. He's the king of kings. Praise him for his church as you look around you and you see his people. All our faces glowing in his glorious light. Jesus, thank you for interrupting our darkness. We were stumbling along, like Isaiah said, we were stumbling along in the darkness until your light dawned. We thank you and we praise you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us to let you light up the shadows in our hearts and that this Christmas, your glory would shine greater than any darkness in or around us. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in Him. God bless you.